Welcome to the Rock is George podcast. I'm your host, George Dion, and this is episode 66. Thank you for tuning into the podcast through our website, rockisgeorge.com, on our YouTube page, on one of the many podcasting streaming platforms, or at knac.com. My guest for this episode is Chris Boltendahl. He is the vocalist of the legendary power metal German act Gravedigger. Gravedigger is considered one of the big four power metal acts in Germany, the other three being Halloween, Rage, and Running Wild. Gravedigger has a brand new album coming out on August 26th called Symbol of Eternity. Uh, Chris is considered by some to be the Indiana Jones of power metal when it comes to his lyric writing. The story behind Symbol of Eternity is based on the Templar Knights. Their previous album, Fields of Blood, was based on Scottish history, and they've had many albums throughout their career that touches upon historical events and legends. So here's Chris Boltendahl, whose name I hope I'm not butchering, frontman for Gravedigger. If I knew absolutely nothing about Gravedigger, how would you describe the band's music to me? It's true German heavy metal. Yeah, absolutely. I would describe it the same way. And uh, you have a new album coming out in August on the 26th called Symbol of Eternity on Rock of Angel Records. The album sort of follows the story of the Templar Knights. Is this a sequel to your 1998 album, Knights of the Cross, or is this more of an extension of that album? Oh, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a sequel, but uh, with a different view. The new one is uh, not dealing completely with the historical stuff, but uh, with the mites and legends and all the secrets which are behind the order of the Templar. And there are a lot. You've released a couple of videos ahead of the album so far, Hell is My Purgatory and King of Kings. If you kind of want to go into a little bit of the what part of the story Hell is My Purgatory tells. Hell is My Purgatory is a little bit uh, the story about Jacques de Molay, one of the last uh, grandmasters of the Order of the Templar, who was burned because he was betrayed of uh, yeah, praising and uh, praying to uh, unholy gods like Baphomet. And it was uh, from the church, it was uh, the Templar were going bigger and bigger at the end. And uh, the Pope and the King in France, and uh, they were really, really afraid that they got too much force at the end, too much power. And they start some kind of inquisition against them. And uh, yeah, they murdered them. And they, uh, yeah, it was the end of the Templar. And Jacques de Molay was uh, burned uh, at one of the last ones. And what was kind of the story behind King of the Kings? King of the Kings is uh, about a uh, huge King Richard Lionheart. We have a song on Knights of the Cross also about Richard Lionheart. And I think it was worth to, to give him a follow-up with uh, King of the Kings because the story behind him is so, so great. And uh, when, I was a, I, when I was a kid, I was deep into this uh, uh, 50s and 60s uh, night movies like Richard Lionheart, like I even hold the Black Knight, and uh, they are all coming from the U.S. and from Great Britain. And uh, I was, uh, yeah, it was a time where I could imagine all this stuff and jumped into to the TV, you know, to to take part of that. And uh, yeah, that grabs me so much. And uh, 
I'm, I'm dealing with that. Sometimes I call me the Indiana Jones of heavy metal, you know, because I'm telling people uh, adventures. <laughs> and you got to dress up like the knight, so you really did get to kind of jump into the movie with your current music videos. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> was there something about the Templar Knights that you discovered that you didn't know was true? Like, just watching your music video, I learned that they were, you know, the Templar Knights were followers of Christ, but they were also Satan worshippers. I didn't know that part. That's good, man, That uh, because I can uh, bring some uh, more interesting things to the people outside. Not all the topics we are dealing on Symbol of the Eternity are historical facts, you know, because uh, there are so many legends and secrets uh, behind the Templars. I always, like Symbol of Eternity is a symbol. What is it? It's a, it's a grail. Like in Indiana Jones, a wooden cup, or was it a diamond one or a golden cup? and uh, it should span the blood of Jesus was collected in the cup, uh, should spend some, uh, yeah, immortal life. But uh, the, the Templars were always looking for the grail, but nobody knows at the end they found it or not. Uh, and where is it today? Or is it all only a story to bring people a better life or something? And this uh, kind of stories, I'm totally interested, you know? to see it from different views, uh, reading about, and uh, sometimes people say, hey, we found the Holy Grail, and uh, yeah, nobody knows what it is. Is it only a, a story to, to, uh, to build up people in, in, in which are living in a dark way or in, in a sad way, or yeah, nobody knows, like Jesus Christ, was it happened with him or not? Uh, so this kind of stories I'm, I'm, I like so much. You guys didn't just go all out with the music, which it's a fantastic album, but the way that you're presenting the album is over the top. You have the these different formats and packaging. You have different vinyl colors. You have digital streaming and downloads, a collector's box that already sold out. I mean, you guys have gone out with all out with the packaging of this one. That is uh, the advantage if you have a new label. They trusted they are really... Uh... Uh, and uh, full of energy, and I hope they will carry it on also on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> to to get the people nowadays, you you can't only release a digipack, you know. I think I think the digipack is, is is on the lowest level. Meanwhile, you know, the vinyl is the interesting thing, and we we uh, pressed uh, two and a half thousand vinyls. We have this collector's box which is filled really with. Yeah, with great stuff, with a flag, with a big poster, with a wristband from leather, and with a media book, with a live album and everything. So I think to, to get the attention of the people, you have to deliver some kind of, yeah, outstanding stuff. And that is what we try to do with this album. And you've certainly been around for the last 40 years or so and seen it go from physical media to digital media and now back to physical media. So that's kind of got a be either surprising or comforting that it's all come back around. No, when I see uh, that also music cassettes will will return, that is really funny. Uh, uh, four weeks ago, I destroyed my last Walkman, so I'm uh, call me a stupid guy. I think now it I can sell it for so many euros at the end. No, but uh, anyway, when I was a kid and I was 16, 18 years old, there was only vinyl, nothing else. And later then there came the music cassettes. 
when there was a new album announced, not in the internet or something like that, I got the attention in a, in a, in a, in a music paper, newspaper or something, a magazine, you know. Then I, I, I only read the release date and I was sitting in front of the record shop waiting and then they gave me the vinyl new Juris Priest or new Van Halen album. It was like, yeah, it was like giving me the holy grail, you know. And then put it on the turntable, listen to it and, and bring it home and sitting five days in my small youth room, listen to it. And uh, that was a time I'm really happy about that I could live it in this time because music was culture. It was yeah, ghostbumps to think about these times, you know. And nowadays you have to release uh, half a year before any music that to get the attention of the people. And uh, they listen first uh, in the internet uh, or Spotify if it is worth to buy their album. And uh, I told my, my new record company, they didn't agree with me. I thought, okay, we only do the release date, nothing fucking else, only the release date. And on the release date, we release the video, we release the album artwork, everything, you know? That's the way it is and not uh, half a year before. And that is a dream that I want to do one day with an album to go this way and not a big social media campaign and another lyric video to get uh, perhaps to get the attention of the of the the people but on the other side it's they have the decision before they bought buy the album is it worth or not we never made the decision we bought the album of, of our heroes of our of our idols and not listen first to it and when if you are disappointed we are disappointed but we, we got the record <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh, you mentioned your new record label a couple of times, Rock of Angels. How did you guys sign, end up signing with them? And that was a, a good friend of mine, uh, Mr. Leah Park, is from Mystic Prophecy. He brought me in touch with the, the owner, Akis Cosmides. And yeah, we had uh, good talks. I was there in, in Greece because I'm also a, a fan of the Greek language and uh, the Greek mentality. Yeah, and then we decided, okay, it's a small label, but they're doing a lot for Gravedigger, and I hope they will keep it. And uh, now we are number one and not number 50 on Napalm Records or number 200 on Nuclear Blast Records or somewhere else. And yeah, let's see. The start is very promising. Uh, you guys have some summer and fall festival shows set up. Um, are these your first dates since the lockdown, or are you guys already been out there playing? No, we played also during the lockdowns a couple of shows, but not uh, the quantity we do now, you know. In three days, we played the Holy uh, Wacken open air again. I think we played now there for the eighth or ninth time. And uh, we have a huge production because we are already promoting our album Feeds of Blood. Nobody believed that, but uh, we're promoting that. In the moment, we are promoting two albums, uh, the old one and the new one. So it's crazy times. But we are, will be on stage with uh, 70 people there with 65 bagpipers. It's, it's a huge stage production there. And uh, yeah, I hope everything will work well there. You mentioned Fields of Blood, which came out in 2020, which you really didn't have much time to promote, at least live. So you have that. You have the new album. How much new material is going to be in the live set? 
Oh, from the new album is uh, only one song in the in the moment, and from Fields of Blood we play uh, two show uh, two songs. Uh, you guys have been around for forty two. Gravedigger's been around for forty two years. Have you guys ever tossed about one final run or retirement or anything like that? No. What 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 you pronounce? Uh, what is a, the name retirement? Never heard that. So. <laughs> Now, in the in, meanwhile, I'm working on my solo album. Last year, I made this Hellrider album together with Axel, but now I make a real solo album with different people, with different musicians, and it will sound uh, also different to Gravedigger. I, if people ask me why, how it would sound, I said it's uh, it's a mixture of uh, Gravedigger and uh, Metal Church. It has a lot of American power metal in it. I think today we finished uh, the uh, songwriting for this album and now we start recording it. And I think we will be finished end of November with a release next year. And then we start with a new graphic album. So retirement is a word that I can't find in my dictionary. And uh, yeah, I hope the most important thing is to get health, to stay healthy and believe in, in what you do. That is the most important thing. So with the solo album, you said it's not going to sound like Gravedigger. It's going to be more traditional American heavy metal. Theme-wise, is it going to tell a story, a historical story, or is it going to be just more like a collection of songs? A collection of songs. A collection of very good songs. <laughs> <laughs> Are you bringing in anybody special to work on the album with you? Yes, uh, definitely, but uh, that is a secret. <laughs> All right, I can wait for that one. Uh, you mentioned that Rock of Angels is located in Greece and you have a big respect for the Greek culture. You actually covered a song by a Greek artist who I can't pronounce his name, Vas Vasilius Papa, I'm not even gonna try. Uh, Hellas Hellas is the name of the song that you covered and you actually sang Hellas, it. Hellas. There you go. He is, you sing it in Greek too. So I am assuming that's sort of your tribute to that. Yeah, more or less. Uh, it is a story from 1994. Then I was on Crete, a Greek island, and uh, I saw Vasily Papakonsatino playing a concert there. And uh, as an anchor, he played uh, Hellas Elas, and I was blown away. And since this day, we put Hellas Elas in our live set when we always played in uh, Greece. But it was a challenge because this is the first time we got the original artist for the song, and I got I'm doing my vocals in the real Greek language. Former, I, I sang all this only with pronouncing, never know what I'm singing there. But nowadays, uh, now uh, I sing in the Greek language. And uh, yes, it was hard to do it because it's a really difficult language also to speak it and to understand it and yeah, to read it. It came out well, and the entire album came out well. It's Symbol of Eternity. It comes out August 26th, Rock of Angels Records. Fantastic, and I wish you the best of luck with it. That's all I got for you today, Chris. Thank you very much. Stay healthy and enjoy Symbol of Eternity. Thank you so much, George. Once again, I want to thank Chris Boltendahl of Gravedigger for coming on the Rock is George podcast. Head over to your favorite music streaming app. Check out what's available from Symbol of Eternity. If you like what you hear, head over to the artist's webpage and order a physical copy. They have some fantastic packages and vinyls on their website. For everything Gravedigger, head over to grave 
digger.de. I also want to thank Dustin Hardman of Hardman Promotions for making this interview possible. You've been great. I've been George Dion. I'll see you again soon.